0: I'm really excited you guys have picked a great day to be in church we're going to be resuming a message that we've been on for three weeks already it's been a powerful message and uh, we're going to be continuing talking about does any who remembers the title of the message anybody did anybody pay attention what is it love and respect respect. there it is y'all sound good some of you paid attention thank you very much praise God and so I'm excited to, to, to go deeper somebody say deeper deeper together today on those two topics, guys, And every single person needs love. Can you agree on that? Every person on the planet needs love. God fulfills that. But God wants to fulfill that love in and through us, you and me, the body of Christ. Every person needs love. Guys, and guess what? Every person needs, needs respect. I was trying to, trying to lead you in there. Every person needs love, and every person needs respect. How do we give it to them? Through Jesus, right? And so this, is, this has been a powerful message, and we were talking about the importance of us living and doing love and respect God's way, because we can do it the world's way. And if you do love and respect the world's way, you'll fall short. We need to get the definition of love and what it means through God's word. We need to get the definition of respect and what it means through God's word. And when we do that, we can meet the spiritual needs of others. Our relationships can thrive and begin to go to the next level. Amen? So as we've talked about love and respect and the importance of our relationships, we've really, really, really pinpointed the importance of Love and respect done God's way in a marriage relationship. Right? That's what we've been talking about. So, where's all my married folks again? Raise your hands. Amen. We are going to learn some more today. Praise God. and, And get better and learn and grow together. Where's all my single folks? Raise your hands. Hey, guys, don't check out. You get to learn today too. Praise God. You can learn today too. We got anybody engaged in the house? Amen. You can learn some things too. Praise God. Thankful for some engaged folks. So that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to resume that message on love and respect and what it means. We've been hanging out in Ephesians 5, right, as our foundational scripture. Who's trying to build a foundation that will stand the test of time? Anybody in the house. If you build a foundation on God's word, guess what? It'll stand. Amen. So let's read God's word together today. Let's open up to Ephesians 5. We're going to start in 31 and read through 33. Look at the text here today for us, the foundational scripture. And so look at 31 there. Paul's writing and and talking to the the church of Ephesus. He says, As the scriptures say, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. We said that he is literally quoting Genesis 2.27. That's scripture from Genesis 2.27. And I love it. He said, This is a great mystery, but it's an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and a wife must respect her husband. It says, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. What's the title of our message? Love and respect. There's our promise of God built on the foundation of God's Word. He first says, men, you need to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Is that going to take some sacrifice? Yes. Yes. Then he speaks to, the, to, to, to women. He says, women, you need to respect and honor your husband just as the church respects Christ. We all need love. We all need respect. But what have we been doing as we've been dissecting God's word? We see, the, we see that men and women were equal in the sight of God, but we're not the same, right? <laughs> Praise God, God made us different. So our needs, our our core needs are different. Woman's needs are different than a man's needs. And we've really seen that a woman responds to love. That is her love language. Does a man need love? Absolutely, right? You don't need me to tell you that. And a woman needs respect too, right? We said last week they sung a song about it, right? R-E-S-B-E-S, right? They need respect too. But what we've seen is a man, we reciprocate generally how we receive. And a man's language is respect. Right, guys? Women, and I, I think most of y'all would agree, I, I, I always feel weird trying to preach from a woman's perspective because guess what, I'm not a woman. So, so I try my best. I try to talk to my wife and get some info beforehand. But I think most of you would agree that, you know what, you respond to love. Love is what fills your tank, Right. So women, but women need love and men need respect. This is what Paul is saying in Ephesians 5. He's trying to encourage the men to see the need in their wife, the need for love. And he's trying to encourage the woman to see the need, come on somebody, for respect in her man. And love and respect when done God's way They unlock each other. Right? They unlock each other. God, He joins a man and wife in love, but we said love and respect will be the glue that keeps them that way. If you can, ladies, if you can love your husband, the way God calls you to love your husband and respect your husband. And men, if you can love your wives and respect your wives the way God calls you to, you guys will be joined together. As close as you was when you were dating, you couldn't even get a finger between you two. You was so in love. Ooh. Now, 20 years later, I, God wants to join, keep you, you know, let no man separate what God has joined together. Right? Love and respect is that glue that keeps us together. So look at that first point for today. And so I I want to say I'm a little excited to be a little more in my wheelhouse this week because we're going to focus on the man's core needs, because last week we focused on the woman's core needs. Women go first, right? And so I felt like I was speaking for women a little bit last week, and so it was a challenge. But today I feel like I'm a little more in my wheelhouse because guess what? I'm a man. (laughs) Praise God. And so the, the, the core value of every man is respect, which means his deepest need is respect. And mutual submission for a wife means to respect her husband as unto the Lord. Ladies, you got to see the need for your man, for that that respect need, that respect void to be fulfilled. And guess what? You get to be the person that does that. God calls you to do that, God joined you together for a reason. And you got to see that need. Just as we talked about, uh, ladies, your need to be loved last week. And when a man sees that need, he fills your love tank. Ladies, when you fill your husband's respect tank, guess what happens? He becomes recharged. When a man feels respected, he becomes recharged. He becomes invigorated. He becomes a better version of himself. Because a disrespected man becomes a deflated man. Every man needs and seeks respect because we're all striving to figure out if we're really a man or not. Because not all of us had godly parents or a godly father that imparted that to us. And ladies, God wants to use you to affirm him as a man. And I said last week, the best thing you ladies can do for your man is to be his biggest cheerleader. He, you need to be the loudest voice in his head. He needs to hear you cheering him on every single day. I'm proud of you. I love you. I see how hard you work. Sierra I ain't talking to you. <laughs> Siri's talking to me on my watch. <laughs> Siri's respecting Pastor Yanaday, I guess. Ooh. Right? When a man feels respected, he's the best version of himself. He, he feels valuable. Right? He feels valuable. He feels like he's succeeding. He feels like he's winning at the race of life. And, ladies, God calls you to be that. That voice of affirmation for him, right when you were dating, you were that voice. you respected him and loved him, and you know, now life has happened, and we're all five or ten pounds overweight, and we have a mortgage and a car payment, and two or three kids and maybe five or six grandkids. who knows I don't know where you are today. Do you still pursue him the way you did when you were dating? And that's going to take sacrifice, and that's going to take love, and that's going to take respect. But when you do that, you recharge him. So let's stay in Ephesians. Let's go up a couple of verses. Look at verse twenty-one and twenty-five. We've been hanging out in Ephesians five, and so look what he says. Paul says he says, "And further, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as unto the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife. At, excuse me. For a husband is the head of his wife, as Christ is the head of the church." He is the Savior of his body, the church. As the church submits to Christ, so you wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave his life up for her. Do you see what he said there in verse 21? He said, submit to one another. So guys, I know guys like to use this scripture and say, no, my wife's got to submit to me in everything. Right? That's not godly love. Paul's saying we must submit to one another. And when we sacrificially meet the other one's needs, guys, when that means you sacrificially love your wife as Christ loved the church, guess what? You've submitted. And ladies, when you've sacrificially respected your your husband or your man out of the reverence for Christ, guess what? You've submitted. What do we say about submission? We have a submission issue in our culture, and it's because if I submit to somebody, I feel like I'm submitting to them. If I submit, that means you're right and I'm wrong and dang it, I can't live with myself when I'm wrong. We said when we submit, we don't submit to the person. If we're doing it in faith, we submit unto him who is Jesus. And that's how God honors us and honors even the other person. When I, by faith, submit into the one I believe in. He says we must submit to one another and so... That first point, it says mutual submission for a wife means to respect her husband unto the Lord. Is, is that going to take some sacrifice to submit unto him and his ideas? And to submit to him and his plan and vision for your family's life? Now, it's not he says whatever he says goes. Right? And man, you need to hear that. Amen. Just because you're the man, you come first. Not just whatever you say goes. Now, God speaks to her also, and you got to come together and talk and pray. Because guess what? She hears from God, too. Right? And if you can see that and stop trying to lord over your wife, she might respect you some more. Right? And so God has joined you together. I said this. I love how God joined me and my wife together because I feel like her strengths are my weaknesses, and my strengths are some of her weaknesses, and she's not in, no longer in the sanctuary, but she has a couple. Don't tell her I said that. I got an amazing, strong wife, and I'm thankful for her. But we cover each other's blind spots. You've heard me say that a million times, right? God joined you together for a reason, to make you stronger and him or her stronger. And together with Jesus, guess what? You can be indestructible. Not exempt from tests and trials, but you can be indestructible if you're joined together, allowing him to join you together with his love and his respect, Right? So look at that next point. And, so, and this is true, I really believe, any Christians in the house, anybody who believes you, I hope you're all Christians, right? If not, there'll be a moment, an opportunity for you today, I promise, to accept Jesus Christ. But we all mean well. We want to love our, our wives, right, guys? Ladies, you want to respect your husbands, right? But we fall short, right? And so look at this point. So, so most Christian women, they love their husbands, right? They genuinely want to honor and respect them. But like men, we said we fall short last week, right? Many times, ladies are interpreting life, right? Actions, decisions, and responses through a distorted, somebody say distorted, distorted filter that causes you to feel not loved, right? Here's the thing. We all have good intentions, but we all have some bad habits, our intentions are good. We want to love our wives. We want to respect our husbands. We have good intentions, but we got bad habits, and we have a distorted filter. We said that, that women respond to love. We said last week that we really speak two different languages. We reciprocate how we receive. So a woman receives love. That's how she wants to, she wants to feel love, so she gives love. And a man wants to receive respect, and so he, he tries to love it by, by speaking respect, and so we each have a different filter. Really, men see and experience life in blue, and women, you all see and experience life in, in pink. And guess what? If we don't speak the same language, we said last week, if, if you spoke Chinese and I spoke English, we probably ain't going to get very deep in conversation, right? And so the man is doing life with the with a with a filter of blue he sees problems in blue he sees he sees your family in blue he he wants to show you ladies that he loves you but he does a, a, oftentimes in the, the in the in the direction and leadership and the and the way of doing life in a respectful way man we need to work at being better lovers we're great respecters, but we need to be better lovers. And women, you see problems, and you see life, and you see situations and circumstances in pink, and you got ideas, and you're awesome at loving, but sometimes we've, we miss it, we fail, and you've seen and experienced something that probably isn't true. You feel unloved because your husband didn't see this, this, this this and this, but you may think that he saw this, 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 and this, and so out of spite, you are now purposely disrespecting him. We said last week, if we are purposely hurting others out of spite, there's something wrong with my heart, and that's a a different message for a whole nother day, but if that's where I'm at today, I need to repent and return to the high place. Because, guys, we need to be quick to give grace. Don't just assume that they know everything that's going on. A lot of the fights and fusses that me and Jessica have had, we end up sitting down and talking about it, and we're fighting about this thing, and before we know we're fighting about this thing, and it's leading to this thing. And it, but it all boiled back to this thing that happened like a couple weeks ago. I'm not alone, am I? And it's like, wait, all of that, this, this, and this was because of that? And nine times out of ten, that person, it could be a man or a woman, I had no eye. Right? So we just caused two or three weeks worth of stuff. And the other person didn't even know, but I lived like they did. Somebody say, hmm. Does that sound like a, a man and a wife that have been joined together? It sounds like the enemy used your distorted filter on truth and you thought you knew better. You will never know everything that is going on with the other person even if it's your spouse. And the same grace you, desi- you desire for them to give you when you didn't know but I didn't know. And they're mm, 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 hammering you, right? But you, you, you need to understand and the grace you deserve is the same grace that He needs. Because in this moment, He didn't know. Does that make sense? So we need to be quick to give grace and quick to forgive because we got good intentions, but our habits are bad. How do we fix our habits? We got to be in daily walking relationship with Jesus. Be in your word. Be in prayer. And guess what the Holy Spirit is so awesome? He shows you things. He speaks to you. He'll meet you if you give God an opportunity and you make room and make make a place for the King of Kings to come and commune with you. And the Holy Spirit will probably reveal to you truth because He is truth. And that thing, that that, that hurt or that event, that thing that you can't seem to get past or get over that the enemy is using against you to separate, divide, the Holy Spirit maybe will show you three weeks in advance so you don't have to go through three weeks of hell, literal hell. He didn't even know that or see that or maybe it's as quick as saying, hey, you need to ask Him or talk to Him. We call them healthy conversations in our home. They ain't always the funnest, but when we actually have them, they're so life-giving. We spare ourselves so much hurt and hang-ups and and, and hiccups, we save ourselves so much when we just sit down and talk to the person that we married. Right? And just having those conversations. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 32-34. I meant to give this to you guys last week. We ran out of time. And so look what Paul is, is saying here in the text in, in the, the book of 1 Corinthians. He's speaking to single single people and also Married people, look what he says, he says, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking how to please him. So if you're single, your life is a lot less complicated. (laughs) I got an amen from somebody. (laughs) The grass ain't always greener on the other side is what Paul's trying to say, right? Right? But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities. If you're a man, I want you to underline that word, responsibilities, another R word today. And how to what? Please his wife. I would say how to love her. And 34, his interests are divided, right? I want to serve God, but I also have this person that I have to sacrificially love and serve every day. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly, there's that word again, responsibilities. Ladies, I want you to underline that word. And how to please her husband. This is what I want you guys to get. If you're single, you still have responsibilities to love the Lord your God with all your mind, body, soul, and understanding. And if you're married, you have responsibilities to love your Lord your God with all your mind, body, soul, and understanding. And, somebody say and. Love your spouse. Paul's saying if if you want to get married, he even goes on a few verses after this, if you burn with passion, then get married, he says. But I see the benefit in not being married, he says also. So if you're called to be married, praise God. If you're called to be single, and there are some folks that are called to be single, praise God. But see your responsibilities. Guess what? You have different responsibilities than I do. You have different responsibilities than your neighbor. Tell them, say, I got different responsibilities. Tell them. It's all right. Tell them. I got different responsibilities than you. It's okay. But remember your responsibilities. You said, when you said I do, you said in sickness and in health. You said in the good and the bad. and the highs and the lows. and the ups and the downs. You said I do. Those are your responsibilities. That's what you said. And you didn't just say it to her. What did you do? Those were your vows before him. It's your responsibility, ladies, to love and respect your man. Men, to love and respect your woman. Marriage is work. The more you put into it, the more you'll reap. It's like, who has a car? You know, it needs standard maintenance. If you don't get the oil changed, if you don't fill it up with gas, if you don't change the tires, Rotate the tires, make sure it's in good working condition. Guess what? It won't work. Some of y'all ain't lifted the hood of your marriage in a while and just said, man, what do we got going on? <laughs> I'm not real mechanically inclined. I look up, lift up a hood, and I'm not like Junior Babb. Is he in the house? Man, he's an awesome mechanic. He knows how everything works. and I know a couple little things, but really I'm kind of like, man, what do we got going on? Some of us... Were, our, our car, our spiritual car, our spiritual marriage is, is not, it's clanking. It's, it's, it's barely getting by and it's because we're not doing the things. We're not doing the maintenance. We're not having the conversations. We're not doing the date nights. We're not doing the special things that we used to do. And so why? Why? Is it really that hard? God says, trust me and we can continue to get better together. Right? Marriages work. Look at that next point. So, respecting your husband, ladies, begins with respecting your differences. He is not a woman and never will be a woman, praise God. Uh, that's truth here in church, but it may not be truth out in the world. Sad to say. But it says, it is impossible for him to think and act like you. Right? So honor those differences instead of criticizing or comparing them to others. Isn't it funny how you celebrated the differences in the beginning? Continue to celebrate the differences that y'all have. If you can continue to celebrate the differences, then God can bless your marriage. And like I said, God, God, He makes men and women different. And he wants you to come together to help each other, to make each other better. And so I need to see Pastor Jessica's differences as a positive thing. She has something that I don't have, but actually God gave it to me because she's my wife. Do you see that? Yeah. Ladies, and, and, and guess what? The things that you don't have when God blesses you with the husband, he has them. The things that you need. Do you see that? And so that's a positive thing. But what the enemy does, and he's so cunning, is he comes in, and the, the differences that you celebrated and enjoyed in the beginning, he comes in and then he tries to dismantle all of that. And say, so if they could just be more like you, or if they could just see and hear what you see and hear, or if he only knew what you was going on at home all day with them kids. And if she could only see the, 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 the sleepless nights and the, and the stress of all the things that I'm thinking about, the bills and the, and, and, and the, and the family and, and work and the pressure and stress that work puts on, if she could only see and experience what I see and experience every day. And the enemy comes in, instead of celebrating each other's differences and coming together to be better and to be whole, we become divided. And the woman feels unloved, and the man feels disrespected, and because I feel disrespected, I'm not going to love her. And because he doesn't make me feel loved anymore, I'm going to disrespect him. And here we are on this crazy cycle. Not a cycle of life, not a marriage that I can love and enjoy, but a cycle of death, a perpetual groundhog's day of life. Anybody seen that movie? You're running, you're spending energy, but you ain't going anywhere. You're more miserable every day, more mundane every day. And if we could celebrate the differences that we used to celebrate in the beginning, it can all get better. Ladies, and stop comparing him to others. I hope you would never say, yeah, well, Linda's husband does this and this. Oh, yeah, Linda's husband at work, he he does this and this. When you do that, you've caught him. Now, maybe that's true, but go about relaying the information of those things that you want him to do in a totally different way. Because, ladies, I bet you would probably never, somebody say never, want him to compare you to another woman. Right, We don't want to compare our spouses to other people. Look at Genesis 127. We're talking about being different, right? It says, God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them what? Male and female. He created them. We need each other. We can accomplish more together. Ladies, you need him. Men, you need her. And together, you can accomplish more. Look at that next point. Ladies, so when his, re- his need to be respected and loved and honored and cherished and cheered on, when, when his needs are met, his heart is opened. And he becomes the person you dated, fell in love with, and wanted to marry. The truth is, it is the differences that attracted you to him. When you dated, you respected him. Right? And celebrated what made him your man. Ladies, if you're married... You got what you prayed for. But you done forgot. I told Jessica, I said, man, you prayed and asked for a handsome man. Got delivered. Right? The other night, you know, Jessica does, does sells makeup and beauty supplies and stuff, and for Christmas, she got me some stuff, in my sock, and this eye cream and this face cream is supposed to help my wrinkles. And the other night, she's like, you've been using that cream? I said, no. She said, it would help with your wrinkles. I said, baby, I'm still handsome. Right? I was handsome then. Am I not handsome now? That's not what she was saying. Right? Ladies, you prayed for a strong-willed man, but now he's stubborn. <laughs> you love the difference then. Ladies, you asked for a hard-working man. A man who's got vision, who can provide, and now it's all he does is work. Do you see how the enemy perverts your blessings? To turn them into this thing that's not real. Now life does happen, and we all need a healthy balance. Man, if you are working too much, try to balance that load. Man? If you are strong-willed, you better be respectful, not prideful to your wife, right? But be excited and thankful for the same man that you prayed for, that God delivered on. He's the same man. He needs to be cheered on, cherished, and respected, and his heart will become open. At the beginning, you loved how much he talked and opened up with you. And now he doesn't talk, or you can't get him to quit talking. I know this about men. When men get wounded, we go silent. And a woman will see him go silent and she thinks he doesn't love her anymore, but he's really gone silent because we go on a respect code. And so if what you said disrespect to me, I'm hurt. See, we, men, we, we're not like you ladies. Y'all are awesome at making everything work together. You, you can simultaneously do 10 things. You can have 10 fires going on. I don't know how you do it. Praise God, I got a woman that can do that because I can't do that. But we're very compartmentalized, right, guys? When I'm at work, I got my work hat on. When I do ministry, I got my ministry hat on. When I'm at home, I want to have my home hat on. And so when I get hurt in one of those areas of life, if it's my home life, and I get hurt in my home life, out of respect, I just don't go in that room anymore. And so I was hurt and out of respect for the person that hurt me instead of dealing with it and going to them. man, this is what we need to work on. I need to be more open to having those conversations. But ladies, if your man's gone silent, it's probably because you've hurt him somewhere. So woman, you're, you're probably in the wrong and men, just because she hurt you doesn't mean there's still not something you can do to rectify that. Men, we're in the wrong too because I got to get better at dealing with that hurt. Does that make sense? And so when our needs, just see this, when, when both parties' needs are met, both hearts become open. When she be, feels loved, her heart becomes open. When he feels respected, his heart becomes open. So don't minimize your greatest blessing. They unlock each other. Look at 1 Corinthians 6, 13-14. It says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, he says. Paul says to the church in Corinth, he says, be watchful, stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong, let all that you do be done in love. So we're talking about men today. And I know every man struggles with knowing or not if he's really, somebody say really, Put that in the chat if you're with us today, really, R-E-A-L-L-Y, really, a man or not. And Paul is saying, be strong, act like a man. Every man wants to know that he's strong enough. And ladies, this is how cool it is. You get to be the person that tells him that he is. You get to be that person that says, honey, you are a man. You're the, the man that I married I'm so glad that you're the man and the leader of our home. Baby, you're strong enough. Baby, I see what you do for our family every single day, and I'm just telling you what Jessica tells me on a regular basis. And do you know what happens to to my heart when she says those types of things? She's speaking my respect language. And when she speaks like that, guess what I'll do for her? die for Probably do the dishes. Probably do the laundry. Probably sleep the floors. And guess what happens to her little heart? <laughs> she feels all loved and cozy. And guess what? God draws us together. And isn't that the point? To be unified with the person that you married. Look at the next point. So as a man, ladies, you got to see this, so we're gonna we're gonna look in God's word here and see where we get this promise too. You got to see this in your man that he's called to his work. We're gonna call it being called into the field. A man is is called into his work. As a woman, you are called to the family. We're gonna talk about that. When you respect his desire to succeed and provide through his work, you honor him and empower him to succeed in family. Right. So we're equal. But we're not the same. Women, you're called to the family. You can do amazing things into the family. Men, that, you still have to be involved in the family, right? And, and women, you still got to work too, right? But a, a man draws so much of his value out of what he does. That's a good thing, but that can get perverted too because if you say, oh, I'm an electrician, guys might do really good and they're, they're proud of their work, but at the end of the day, they just say, oh, I'm just an electrician, right? No, you're more than a conqueror in Jesus' name. So it can get perverted also. But you just got to see that a man sees a lot of his worth and value in what he does. So ladies, you got to celebrate that in him. If he has a drive for a, a business or a drive for, for getting a promotion at work, like I said, you got to be his biggest cheerleader. Don't be don't add to the stumbling blocks in his life. Right, Come alongside him and, and, and celebrate him. And you got to see this, ladies, what... When he knows that you're proud of him, he'll do anything for you. When he knows how proud of him that you are, he'll do anything for you. So look at Genesis 3, 16 through 19. This is right after Adam and Eve have sinned. And look, it says, God said, Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy, and in the pain you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. Man, that's a a deep message for another day. He said, And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. And the man, he said, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground will be cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch for a living from it. It will grow thorns and thistles for you. Though you will eat its grains by the sweat of your brow, you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and dust you will return. All because of sin, we have made our lives very difficult. We've made our lives difficult because Adam and Eve sinned. Eve is actually the one who sinned, but the responsibility was actually on Adam because he's supposed to lead his wife. And so God responds in saying, women, you're going you're gonna to be cursed into childbirth and pain and pregnancy and a conflict of control. You're going to want to, because you outstepped, because you led Adam, him not leading you, you're going to have this desire to be in control, but you're not going to be because you're going to have to submit to the man. And men, because you allowed the woman to take charge, and there are moments when women, you need to take charge, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But God ordained Adam to be in charge in the garden. And because you forfeited that role and responsibility, now you're going to have to work. And you're going to answer to the sin that y'all both did together. We've made life hard on ourselves. And he says, ladies, you're going to be, he doesn't say this in the word of God, but this is what we're talking about. In reality, women, you're going to be called to raise the family. And men, to support that family, you're going to have to go to work but do you see how they need each other? How do you make a family? It takes two to tango. We're going to talk about that in a second. And if you tango, ladies, you have a responsibility to be the voice in your home. Men, you need to be speaking in your home too. But men, you're going to be called into the workforce and you're going to need each other. His gifts are different than her gifts, but neither one is better than the other. Pastor Jessica's gifts are different than my gifts, but neither one is better than the other. They work together for my good and my family's good and our church's good. Look at that last point today. We said it takes two to tango, right? This is kind of a weird spot to end, but we'll continue next week. We'll wrap up on part four next week. But So as a man, he desires his wife sexually. Y'all didn't know you were going to talk about sex in church today, did you? He desires that intimacy with his wife. When you respect his sexual desires, you meet a need in his life only you as his wife can meet. It was his desire that you that attracted you. It was his desire for you that attracted you to him, right? And it made you want to marry him in the first place. First thing I want to say is if you are not married, you better not be having sex. But if you are married, can I get an amen? God made them male and female, different for a purpose. Sex is God's idea. So sex in the confines of marriage, the Bible says, is undefiled. There's actually a sexual need in your man. And and ladies, you have a sexual need and desire as well. And we can't accomplish this alone. You can, but that is sin also. Probably won't hear a lot of pastors say that is sin, also. Satisfying yourself with yourself is sin, right? He, ladies, this is what you got to get he desires you because he married you, he has a desire for you. The Lord, was shown me life happens, right? But if, if it and this can go both ways. If he is constantly pursuing you and constantly getting shut down, rejected, 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 or vice versa. You're always pursuing him and he's rejected, rejected, rejected. The enemy uses that rejection to plant more doubt, discord, distrust, and it drives a wedge And God wants you to enjoy a healthy, fruitful sex life if you're married because it only enhances your relationship and keeping you joined together. Right? So habitual rejection plants those things. And so if that's going on, you guys need to talk. If one feels that you're constantly getting rejected, you need to talk. Ladies, I I feel like, you know, there are some days there's just been a lot going on. You know, I'm not in the mood, right? That's okay. But that can't be like 20 times in a row. Because guess what? Something happens in his heart. And guys, every now and you know, I don't feel like it. I'm tired. That's okay. But 20 times in a row, something happens. And isn't it funny how the devil is always tempting us? When we're single, when we're engaged, what do you want to do? You just want to, with the other person, right? That's all you can think about. Oh, if we could just do that. Oh, he tempts you with this and this and this and this and this. And then you get married and then what does he do? Now y'all don't want to sleep together. Man, are, we are fickle. Jesus is that steadiness, right? And so the devil does all that he can to tempt us In this area. Look at 1 Corinthians 7, 3 through 5. This is the word of God here. It says, look, the husband should fulfill his wife's sexual needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. The wife gives authority over her body to her husband, and the husband gives authority over his body to his wife. Sounds like sacrificial love, right? Do not deprive each other of sexual relations. Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a limited time so that you can give yourselves more completely to prayer, more completely to God. Afterward, you should come together again so that Satan won't be able to what? Tempt you because of your lack of self-control. In verse 3, he says, Husbands, you should fulfill your wife's sexual needs. And the wife should fulfill her husband's needs. We have a need and the only way that that need can get met is from the other person. you got to see that need in the other person. And that's part of the sacrificial love that we're talking about. And sacrificial respect, excuse me, this just want to leave you with a healthy sex life stems from a healthy relationship. If your relationship is not healthy, are you going to be having sex? Probably not because there's all these issues. But guess what? If your relationship's healthy, you can enjoy some sex. And God will bless it. Healthy relationships respond. How do they get healthy? They respond to each other's needs. We just read that. He says, See the need of sexual desire in your wife. See the need of sexual desire in your husband and fulfill those needs. A healthy relationship sees the needs in their spouse. Fulfills the needs, sees the needs, and responds by faith. Praise God. Y'all pray with me. I feel like that was a weird way to end today, but I'm excited to pick up next week. Y'all can thank Pastor Keith because he built this outline this week. As we're talking about needs... I want you to know that God sees the biggest need in every single person. It goes beyond sex. It goes beyond even just respect or just love. God sees the need for every single person to be accepted and loved by God. And so if you're here today and you're not in relationship with Christ on a daily level, we call it being born again or being a believer, a professor in Christ? If you say, I've never made that prayer or made that decision, but something you said today changed my mind. I want to I make God number one. I want to make God Lord over my life. Or maybe you have said that, but maybe you've fallen away and you say, you know what? I want to get back up and I want to make God number one today. Either watching us online or here in the sanctuary. You want to get born again today. What I want to ask you to do is we're all praying for you actually right now. If God's dealing with your heart, says, you know what, I I don't know if me and God are good, or I don't know where I would go if I died. I want you to know that you know that you know today. And so if you want to know that you know that God loves you, I want to ask you to do something. We're not watching you, I promise. But what I want you to do is I want you to physically stand up right now. Stand up if you're in our sanctuary, and if you're watching us online, put something in the chat. Say, "I'm, I'm making that decision. And I ask you to stand, not for me or for anybody else. I ask you to stand so that you can show God with something by faith that says, I hear what you're saying in my heart, God. I hear your voice. I hear what you're saying. I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. So if you want to make that decision, I'll give you a few seconds. Change your life forever. Amen. Well, no one is physically standing in our sanctuary, but somebody could be praying this online. So I going to lead us all in a prayer and repeat after me. Amen. Go like this. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We accept you. We believe your Son is the Savior of my life. We confess that he's the Savior of the world. Send your Holy Spirit. To forgive me of my sins. Forgive me, of my, sins, forgive me of my past. And redeem my future. Until you call me home. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff. Well, hey, we are so glad that you guys came to do church with us. All right. Y'all are officially dismissed. Who's glad you came today?